the best, the worst of 2017. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. part one because I had a mix-up which I will explain shortly and then run for my life Uh, but before we dive into that Melody Akles welcome Mel hey hey Dan Pierce welcome hi everybody and Mo Walker welcome hi everybody so um Every year, I love to do year-end podcasts, best and worst podcasts. We've done them for a very long time on Daytime Confidential. This is the second annual one for Geek Confidential. And so when I was sending out the emails to make sure that everybody had plenty of time to fill out their categories, this is like early December, I just went in, I copied and pasted the email, and I sent it out. And because my life has been very busy, I didn't actually have a chance to look at the categories until today, and I'm like... This doesn't seem right. This is all TV. There's nothing here for movies. Um, I feel like I have given some of these answers before. And I went and I'm like, what's going on? I got a text from Mel. She's like, is this everything? She goes, because I'm like, yeah. And this was before I had actually looked at the email to start filling out my categories because Mel was on top of things this morning before I was. (laughs) And so like, I'm filling, I'm filling out these categories and I'm like, what is going on? So I went back and looked and what I came to the realization is that the categories that I sent out for our year end podcast were not actually our year end podcast categories. They were the best and worst of 2016 17 categories for the episode that we recorded last May and published in June at the end of the TV season, which is why all of the acting categories were missing, why all the movie categories were missing, and why the best and worst, like the best moments and worst moments of. 2017 categories were missing it because I had specifically set it up so that we have a year end podcast with different with like that wraps up the year. And then we have a summer best and worst because listeners love best and worst podcasts that have different categories or maybe different titles to mix things up and have fun. So we are going to record this episode with these categories and then next week we're going to record the entertain like the male and female entertainer categories the biggest moment ones as a part two and then in may we'll do a best and worst of the tv season again and then next year 2018 we will be back on track with the categories from 2016. so now that you've heard my explanation as to why this is the way it is. I'm ready to take your wrath, Mel. Luker, first of all, you act like I don't know you, okay? You act brand new, like this is something new, like we ain't never added categories before out of the blue, and this list is new. I knew you was going to do this, okay? I knew this was going to happen. The only thing I didn't know is that you're going to add 10 damn extra categories. I Why did not add 10 damn extra categories. That? I sent oh, you the wrong God. list. I sent oh, you the God. best and worst then, of 2016 so TV season. Like, I sent it to you early. I so did. I was on top of things. It, it will be great. And it sent out the wrong one. And you know what? For once. Mail read the email, y'all. Mail read the email. Oh, don't even try. You on the phone, when I talk to you, is like, I think I missed something because you know how I don't read emails. I know I don't. And I personally (laughs) think I don't. But this time, I read the damn email. I was prepared. And the one time I don't read, I actually read the email. You see what happened. You'll see. I'm just not to read the emails no more. Clearly, that was wrong. Basically, listeners, you, you beautiful, beautiful people, Next year, we're going to get our shit together. Thank That's you, Dan. I appreciate that. So, I, well, no, no, no. This isn't defending you, Luke. 
this is this is saying next year we're just gonna get our shit together. Like the. <laughs> so I figured that um, while I have a category, I figured. Well, be, Mo, what are your thoughts? Do you remember how last year we had a different category at the end of the year? Because if not, I've got documented proof from last year's best and worst year end podcast that I can show you guys what year's podcast categories were. I do recall some additional categories. It'd be perfectly. I thought you had changed through, changed things, Luke. You know, as the superior being that you are, you had changed things, and that oh. you know, mere mortal <laughs> such as myself oh. catching in time. I see oh. how it is. Uh, so next week we will be recording the uh, the other categories: male and female, TV entertainer, movie entertainer, our villain and heroes of the year, and the biggest moments from geekdom in 2017. So. Considering I made a mix-up, I figured in this case, instead of starting with our breakout star, we would start with the biggest frack-up category, because obviously I fracked up. But my pick for biggest uh, frack-up of 2017 is Danny on Game of Thrones, because not only did she get her, her dragon killed and turned into an ice demon, she showed very little good judgment as a ruler to the point where she's burning Randall and Dick and uh, Tarly and doing all these other things. She's very much going the dark Targaryen down the dark Targaryen path. And she doesn't really have much to check her from making bad decisions or ones that she will come to regret later. So my biggest frack up for 2017 is Danny on Game of Thrones. Melody, who do you have? Luke Kerr. No, um, my biggest frack up is still from Game of Thrones, but a different person. I actually have Littlefinger here as my biggest frack up because he fracked up thinking that them two sisters wasn't going to work together. Okay. He thought, oh, I'm going to play both of them. It's going to be great. I'm going to come out on top like I always do. I will never forget his face when she was like, Lord Baelish. And he was like, huh? Who? Me? What? Huh? You fracked up big time, Littlefinger, and it cost you your life. So for all those reasons, Littlefinger. Okay, Dan? Uh, as much as I want to give it to the Legends for uh, breaking time, I'm still going to give it to that farce of a wedding that was Oliver and Felicity. Oh, I have thoughts on that, but in a different category. Oh my gosh, was that terrible. Like, not only does it, like, just really obliterate any of the goodwill I was sort of feeling for Oliver and Felicity this season as they tried to rebuild the relationship, but it also brought down Barry and Iris to their pitiful level. It was, I was just so infuriated by the whole situation and tying it to the end of this giant crossover that was super emotionally draining because holy crap, Nazis, uh, it's just, it seems so disingenuous to the journey that we as the audience has been on with Oliver and Felicity. Mo? Well, I'm going to go with a two-peat, and that will be, from The Flash, that will be making Savitar, a.k.a. Barry Allen, the villain of season three. I think that whole arc with Barry being Savitar, I think it was just a waste of time. It, it, he didn't, the, the villain didn't add anything to the show. It actually took away any sort of goodwill that we had been building up since the beginning of that previous season. Now I will say it did that season um, three that did allow for one Iris West to shine, but Overall, I thought that was a, a huge mistake. If you know the, anything about the comic book mythology of The Flash, Savitar is a totally different character. He's not somebody in some sort of mech speed force suit. I just thought it was just a total waste of time. And, a, and, this, and honestly, the waste of a good villain, because in the comics, Savitar is a pretty decent Flash villain. Okay. Now we're going to get back on track since I moved up the biggest frack up because I was a frack up in the categories. Big breakout star character of 2017, Mel. It cannot be anyone other than Miss Gail Godot, Wonder Woman. She shined as bright as the stars in the sky 
sky this year. Wonder Woman was amazing. Her performance was great. You saw her on every, you know, news publication, online. She was all over the place, and she just did the thing. And I cannot wait for the second movie. Whenever it comes out, it's going to be great. But for me, it could not be anyone other than her because her she as Wonder Woman just revived all DC movies like she gave them hope so I love her fantastic she's definitely my breakout star okay Dan I'm suddenly realizing that my breakout star isn't as good as Mel's breakout star but just to be different I picked Ralph Dibney uh as played by Hartley Sawyer um I think he is exactly what the Flash needed because everyone is either super squeaky clean or suddenly I'm evil. And for him, it's a little bit of a gray area. And it really adds like this interesting layer to the characters and to the storyline and to the levels of humor because there's only so many like one-liners I could hear from Cisco during a given like strat, maybe a month. Um, and I think he provides like this nice levity to the team dynamic. Um, but I will agree, Mel, the Wonder Woman, she, she did the thing this year and I like, I'm really regretting picking Ralph, but it is what it is. Mo, who do you have? Well, I'm, I'm going, um, like Dan, my person is from the flash. It is actress Candace Baton who plays, Iris West Allen, she is a boss. She is a queen. She, you saw that in, in that shameful season three, how she just grew as a character. You know, When you were thinking about whether or not they, her, Iris was in, in, in danger and in jeopardy, in the comics she had been killed. She came back to life. I didn't know if they were going to go that route on the TV show. But you've seen this progression continue in the current season of The Flash, in season four. You know, what, who took over when Barry was in the Speed Force? Iris. Who, who, who started kicking ass and taking names when the Nazis had started capturing everybody? I girl Iris. So, again, my, my, my breakout star of the year is Iris West Allen. Okay. Um, mine is uh, the actress Daphne Keene, who plays Laura, a.k.a. X-23, in Logan. She was so powerful in that role, and what was amazing about it is she spent most of the movie in silence, and yet you still saw everything, or she still conveyed everything that that character was going through. It was fantastic. Every hero needs a sidekick. Best sidekick of 2017, Mel. For me, comes from Orphan Black, and it was all the sestras from Orphan Black. For me, like the main... Um, clones were Sarah and Helena. And I kind of go back and forth on like who's the lead. But for me, it's like ultimately it's Sarah because they all look back to her and they all kind of look at her for guidance and she kind of runs the show. But without her sisters, without um, Helena and Allison and Kasima, she couldn't do it. So for me, like they were all kind of her sidekicks. Granted, this is one actress playing it, Tatiana Maslin, who was amazing. So they were all kind of her sidekicks, and it was a great final season for me. So that's what I got. Dan? Uh, for me, I'm going from Game of Thrones because I've actually seen it. Yes, let's point out that this is the yes. second in the year in a row where Dan has caught up on an amazing series after the fact. Just pointing it out, last year was Timeless, this year it's Game of Thrones. What it will be in oh. 2018 has still yet to be determined. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But I, I'm going with uh, Sir Bronn of the Blackwater. The way he stepped in and just grabbed Jamie from uh, Dracarys's fire, and like the way he, him and Jamie have kind of been bonding, not just last season, but like the the previous seasons as well, and even before them with Bronn and Tyrion, he is the perfect sidekick for anyone as long as you pay him, and he's so funny and so witty. I love his one-liners, and I'm really excited to see more from him. I hope he gets his castle and gold and highborn uh, match. Status. Okay. Yes. Mo, I'm going to go with Alfred Pennyworth from Gotham. I mean, he 
to me, is the definition of a sidekick. He is, in fact, rad or die. In his case, literally, it was die. I mean, in this in Gotham, Bruce Wayne falls under the spell of Raz al Ghul and ends up killing Alfred with a sword, and then having and then has to revive him using a Lazarus pit. And once Alfred bounces back from that, he is chasing after Bruce because he feels that he he is this child's anchor his this kid's rock he is constantly trying to get that kid out of jams that kid in the current season of gotham uh, uh, bruce is being a total ass towards alfred he alfred is running around cleaning up bruce's benders out Al, uh, bruce wants to constantly fight alfred physically and verbally and yet alfred continues to stand there to take it into the show and to wrap his arms around Bruce and tell him that he loves him and that he will always be there for him. To me, if that's not a sidekick, I don't know what is. My pick for the category is Claire Temple on Iron Fist and the Defenders because no one has to put in more hours than Claire Temple. Woe is me, I'm Sandra D, the most angsty and annoying character of 2017. Mel? Uh, this one comes from a new show. Uh, and I have Andy from The Gifted, and mostly because he's just so angsty. I understand, like, he was a nerd, and he was always getting picked on, he discovered his powers, but now, now you're just being annoying with it, because every time something happens, what is your answer, Andy? Let's blow it up! I can blow it up! I can do it! I can blow it up! I'm like, if you don't sit your ass down somewhere and listen to somebody, <sighs> he drives me a little crazy, but he's okay. Dan? Uh, for me, it, there's no one else it could possibly be other than Monel from Supergirl. Aww. Holy cow! He is just—he's the worst. He's so annoying and like, oh, I was in space and I went into a wormhole and now I'm in the future and my wife and oh, but my relationship with Kara. I, I'm like, I—I I don't care about any of this. Where's Cat Grant? I, I'm more invested in, like, Jimmy this season, weirdly, because of the power struggle with him and Lena and their budding romance. That's kind of interesting. I would rather go back to the Alex and Maggie stuff. That's super cool. Um, but I really, I don't care about Monel whatsoever. And it, he's just the worst. Mo. I'm going to go with the one, the only, Danny Rand from Iron Fist. The, the character did not get any better after his, his series ended, and he we next saw Danny in The Defenders, in which he was constantly the butt of jokes. I need, need I not say any more. Danny Rand is my most annoying person of 2017. So... One of the reasons why I figured out that there was a mix-up in the categories was because of this next category and and um, the best new show category. Because I was like, I swear I've picked Riverdale, and I swear I've picked Jughead before. And I'm like, how can that be? They just started, in the, like, Riverdale premiered at the beginning of 2017, and then I figured out my mix-up. So, season one Jughead is still my most angsty character annoying a character of 2017. It was all in that first season. There have been improvements in season two, so maybe when it comes time for us to do our best and worst of the 2017-2018 season episode, he will be most improved, but for 2017, he's my most annoying character. Kick that ass, Mel. Best fight scene. Game of Thrones. When Khaleesi rode her dragons and burned up, literally burned up the Lannister army. It was amazing. Y'all don't understand. I was watching this scene on YouTube the day after during my breaks at work because it was so awesome. Because we finally got to see the, the dragons in action. Like, during battle, burning stuff up with fire. Khaleesi is riding them because she is the mother of dragons. It was amazing. And just Jamie's face when he heard the dragons coming, because before this, he didn't believe they were real. He was like, nah, it's no dragons. They've been gone for thousands of years. Y'all a lie. He heard that, that scream from the dragon, and his face was like, oh, my God, it's really dragons. And by the time it was over, everybody was burnt to a crisp. Dan? 
I am with Mel in this category. Dracarys versus that supply train. The Lannisters were taken from the Tyrells. Holy cow. Like, just the way they went about it. Bronn's reaction. Jamie's reaction. And then the detail of, like, oh, hey, look. All of the Dothraki coming in and just basically butchering people for sport rather than war. It was amazing. And, like, just how dejected he looked and then trying to charge with the spear and then the fire and then Braun coming in and Tyrion watching from a distance being like, uh, I wish it wasn't this way. I really wish he wouldn't burn people, but this is where we are. Mo, who do you have? We are three for three right now. I mean, Daenerys Targaryen just swooping in on her dragon with the Dothraki in hot pursuit, burning, pillaging, killing the Lannister gold train. It was just awesome. I mean, I have a gif of that scene that I continuously go back and watch because when that dragon, that first time that dragon flies in there and starts burning the living daylights out of everybody, I just hollered and howled. I mean, you cannot top that scene. My pick... I'm not making it a four-peat. Is wah, wah, wah. Wonder Woman's No Man's Land fight? I thought that that was fantastic. And it was one of those moments where I got chills in the Wonder Woman movie. So for me, that was my best uh, fight scene of 2017. Um, just What just happened, Mel? On Game of Thrones, the final scene of the season, there is an ice dragon okay there's an ice dragon that shoots ice fire or is it just ice i'm not real sure and the wall comes down half of the wall is missing now on game of thrones and it was definitely like a oh my god what just happened what's going to happen i had a thousand questions so that's definitely it dan uh, mine is from toward the end of Game of Thrones as well, but it has more to do with Tyrion. Because, bro, when a sock is on the door and you could hear people in the other room doing what they're doing, you don't just lurk outside the door. Like, what what are you doing? What, what, what do you think is going on in there that you need to be lurking outside the door? And what do you know? Like, what... What do you really know? Do you know something about John's parentage? No? Yes? I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, that just, that confused the heck out of me. Mo? I'm going to go with that travesty that was the double wedding of Olicity and West Allen. I was literally like, I was enjoying the crossover, fine. Next thing you know, I'm like, double wedding? What the F? I still have problems processing it. I like both couples, but I literally was just slapped in the face with that one. And that is actually my pick as well. I feel that Barry and Iris's wedding was hijacked by Elicity. I love Elicity on their own, but for what was a stellar crossover event, it was ruined by the double wedding. Just completely ru- I mean, it was ruined. In terms of my emotional involvement, I cannot express how much I wish that had not happened. My DV is my DVR is full and I can't catch up. Which shows are you behind on, Mel? Once upon a time, I think I've watched like the first two episodes of the brand new reboot restart season, and I was like, I'm gonna have to watch this later because it's not that great and I don't have the time. Dan, obviously you're uh, caught up on Game of Thrones now. Yes, I am. Like, originally when Luke sent this to us during Halloween, uh, he... No, I'm just kidding, Luke. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, it, originally I did write down uh, Game of Thrones, but then I got caught up. So th- now I have The Punisher... Um, I'm four episodes in. I 
I think it's because like the time in between watching episodes is like a lot of time because I'm forgetting things and I'm like, wait, who's this person? What's going on? What are they trying to do? Okay, I guess this is this will work. But it like because it takes three episodes for Micro and Frank to be like on a friendlier term. So I'm like, what what do I have to get invested in before that? I, I, I just I don't know. Okay, Mo. I'm gonna go with Broadchurch, the third and final season of it's a British mystery thriller. They were showing it over here on BBC America. It stars David Tennant and the and the Jody Whitaker, who is the new Doctor Who. I enjoyed the first two series of the show. I had some reservations about the second. I I have not seen any of the episodes of the third and final season. And that is definitely one show I need to watch. Um, Mine is Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access and Runaways on Hulu. I wanted so badly to get to those over Christmas, and I didn't. They are my priority for 2018 because I love the idea of both of them for different reasons, but they're my picks. If I could turn back time, which character would you bring back, Mel? On Stranger Things, Mr. Sean Astin from The Goonies was really fantastic. I thought he was a great add to the second season. And, you know, if you haven't watched, he dies. But he went out in a blaze of glory. And I kind of wanted to see more from him um, towards the end there. So I'm a little sad he's gone. Wish they could bring him back. Maybe he's in the Upside Down or something. I don't know. But if they could bring him back, that would be great. Dan? Um, In terms of characters that would, like, make an impact now to the show's I know we talked about this on Twitter recently, but I'm still not over Rick on Stark's death. I'm sorry. That fucking Ramsey Bolton. I'm sorry. I shouldn't swear. Uh, that that guy, Ramsey Bolton, I just, I, I can't, uh, you know, and because it, and it's amplified now to this season where like Bron is all like, I'm no longer Bron Stark. I renounced the name and I'm now the three-eyed Raven. No, you have to be the heir to Winterfell. Uh, That's Sansa how this is works. the heir. Sansa is the heir. Don't get it twisted, Dan. Bye. Go on I, with this. Hey, 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 hey. I, I, I'm not denouncing Sansa's place in, in this whole thing. She can be the heir too. I'm just saying that the way the way they originally had it set up with like the people and whatnot, I I don't know. I would totally be down with that with with Sansa, but I don't know. I just I felt like they were robbing us of the Game of Thrones equivalent of Quartermains, oh. where like there are so little of them left, and I feel like they just killed off like they killed off Dylan. the one that none of us remembered. Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, it's the equivalent of when, like, they stashed away Dylan a long time ago and then brought him back. And, oh, by the way, we're going to give him a character. Like, there was plenty of time to do that. I mean, in the books, he and Osho went to this, like, cannibal island in the north. That would have been, like, a cool story for them to be brought back and, like, all of that stuff. But no. It okay. didn't happen, and it was disappointing. And now I'm ranting about a season two years ago, and Mo should probably talk now. Yeah, considering it didn't actually happen in 2017 for anybody but you. Uh, Mo, who do you have? I have Mrs. S from Orphan Black. I mean, Aww. she went out like a G. She went out on her terms. Just Some emotions just started to bubble up in me. I really loved what she brought to the show. And as as Orphan Black progressed, Mrs. S became more of a den mother to all the Sestras and not just Sarah. And and so I really would have loved to have seen more of that. But it made sense that if a, a major character had to die, she was the right character to die. My pick is from movies. Um, and it is a character that I did not have really and well until she was in the last jedi i i didn't know i needed her in my star wars life um and that is vice admiral holdo played by laura dern i love that character from her attitude to her hair to her bearing but considering carrie fisher passed away and we knew that she had to like she has to have an epic ending 
Vice, the Vice Admiral had what for me was one of the best scenes of The Last Jedi when she flew the ship through and destroyed it. And in my mind, every time I see that, like, have seen that scene, I'm thinking to myself, that should have been Leia. And I think that the Admiral could have come back and it would have made a better dynamic for the next ep uh, the next film for her to be there and be opposite of Poe. I wish they would have flipped that because I would have loved to see Leia go out in a blaze of glory like that because for me that was one of the best moments of the film. That's cold. Captain Cold, the cutthroat character of the season, Mel. Who else could it be? Cersei Lannister. This heifer was like, oh, so y'all want to go against me? Okay, I got something for y'all. She teamed up with Euron Greyjoy. She ambushed the um, the rest of the Greyjoys and the rest of the Martells. She poisoned the one. She made her daughter look on while she was being poisoned. Or maybe that's the other way around. Either way, y'all get the point. Uh, what else did she do? Oh, she came for old lady Tyrell through Jamie Lannister. She was coming for Khaleesi, but you know the dragons. <sighs> she got a little held up there, but she cold-blooded. And the only reason she agreed to help with the White Walkers was because she saw one. Because otherwise, Cersei was going to kill everybody. Y'all, cold-blooded Cersei. Dan? Uh, it's two for two. Cersei Lannister, I cannot wait. I hope they give her a good death. Like, like a death that's meaningful. Because she is just, like, marathoning this show has just shown me that, like, man, she, there, there's no one else like her. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a character so cold-blooded willing to do what she, whatever she wants to do in order to further her own uh, ends, you know? And to keep all of this in mind, she, like, at toward the beginning of the season, she, like, grabs Jamie, sleeps with him, and now she's pregnant. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to say you're the father. And, yeah, so Is what? Is she pregnant, though? Yes. Uh, See, I don't I don't know, because I don't believe her, because she a lie. Okay, we on the tangent. I'm sorry, Dan, continue. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Um, Yeah, I just, I, I'm like... Oh my gosh. And then what she did to the Martells and the Greyjoys and the Tyrells, I'm like, you know, these people have suffered so much already, but they, they don't know suffering until they go up against Cersei Lannister. They, they really don't. It's, it's, a, it's incredible to watch, but also horrifying and like, oh my gosh, what is she going to do next? Mo. We're three for three again. Cersei Lannister. I, you know, Mel, Dan said it all. I mean, she is cold as ice. I was going to do a tie for this one, but I'm going to save a tie for later. I'm going with Arya Stark because she literally cut throats. Right, Littlefinger. The Cheryl Blossom Award, otherwise known Best Character of the Season Award of the Year. Not season, because that's later in the year. Best ca best Character of the Year, Mo. Not Mo. Mel, I can't talk. Go ahead, Mo. Mel! Are, are you good? You I am apparently... No, we're going to just <laughs> leave it in there. Keep going, Mel. Um, My Best Character of the Year is Wonder Woman! I talked about it earlier, but she was just fantastic. And, you know, to see a woman doing the thing, you know, kicking all the men's butts and saving the day and just being an inspiration for other young girls, too. I think that's pretty fantastic. And her portrayer is also amazing. So for me, especially as a woman, it couldn't have been anyone else but Wonder Woman. Okay, Dan? I'm going with Rufus from Timeless. I really enjoyed his arc and the way he like gained courage and learned and eventually started dating Gia sort of and like took risks and they all paid off. And I'm going to need Johnny Zakara to come back as Hemingway 
because yeah. that was the best Agreed. bromance that you will ever see. like oh it was so cool it was so awesome and they just it was such a great story and i can't wait for the summer so that way we can get more timeless okay mo i'm gonna go with michael burnham star trek discovery i feel like michael burnham is the star trek character that we need right now we're showing that the star trek franchise is willing to take risks they're willing to diversify they're willing to have a different type of lead character in their um lead character on their show she is very flawed she's not perfect like any of the rest of the captains she's not even a captain which i think is even cooler because we really can see you know her progression i mean i'm looking forward to seeing more with michael burnham and the rest of Star Trek Discovery, but my best new character is Michael Burnham. Um, my best character of 2017 is Granny Tyrell on Game of Thrones because she went out like a G. The fact that she was like, tell Cersei it was me and drop the mic on her way out was epic. I will miss her so much in the final season, which we're not getting until 2019. I'm not sure what I'm going to do in the meantime. Best new show of the year, Mel. For me, it is Fox's The Gifted. Uh, The show was kind of a surprise for me. I kind of tuned in thinking that it was just going to be okay, and it had me hooked from the first 30 seconds in. Love all of the characters. I think the story is really great. I talked about it uh, on an earlier podcast, but lots of little Easter eggs to the X-Men cartoon and the movies. And I really think it's just a well thought out story. Um, I want to see more characters. I love that there is this central hub where you see kind of everyone there as well. Um, It's a great show so far. It hasn't even completed its first season yet, but I love it. And it's coming back for season two. So I'm all about it. Dan? Uh, I've talked about the show a ton on the podcast, so I won't spend too, too much time. But I'm going to go with uh, Amazon Prime's Comrade Detective. Uh, it was hilarious. It was super fun. Uh, it was very eye-opening. The action was super corny, but super great at the same time. And I really enjoyed Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They were great. Mo? I'm with Mel. I'm going to go with Fox's The Gifted. As a longtime X-Men fan, it's who would have thought we'd get a live-action X-Men-related show in 27? Not just one, but actually two. And The Gifted has so many Easter eggs if you're a fan of the X-Men comics. And I'm really interested to see where this is going to go, what's going to happen with the Strucker family. I have, just based on what I know about the Strucker family from the comics... I'm. I was a little. Sh- I was a little shaky when it came to like making them the leads. While I think they haven't completely earned that yet, I love the supporting cast of the mutant network that's around them, including Thunderbird and Polaris. So I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing more episodes of The Gifted, and I'm glad it was renewed for a second season. So this is the other category besides um, the woe is me that I picked Jughead in that made me realize that something was wrong. Because when I was going back for um, looking over what my best new show was going to be for 2017 and I I start I typed in Riverdale and I'm like, wait a second, I know I've picked Riverdale before. So I went back and looked at the dates on IMDb and it didn't premiere until January. And I'm like, how is this possible? So I've got a tie here. Riverdale season one was excellent with the exception of Josie being missing for a a significant portion of that show. Riverdale season one was fantastic. And I still think that it is the best show of the season, but what Fox did by bringing the gifted in was equally stand out. And so for me, they are tied for the um, best show, the new best new shows of, of 2017 best series or season finale of 2017 Mel. Okay. So 
Oh, since there are no more rules on this podcast, it says best series and or season finale. So I did both. So my best series finale was Grimm. I talked about it before. It was fantastic. I love the way everything wrapped up. Um, we got to see old characters. It was just really great. It, it was a series finale that made me smile. My best season finale is Timeless. Because let me tell y'all something. It doesn't happen often that a show just gets me. Like, I don't see something coming. And it happened in Timeless. Because when Lucy's mama said Rittenhouse wouldn't allow it, I started screaming. Because it didn't cross my mind that her mama was in on it too. Because the whole time she had been trying to save her from the cancer. So the fact that she just is like, Rittenhouse wouldn't allow it. I tell you, I watched that episode at like one o'clock in the morning and I woke up everybody in this apartment. They were so bad because it was so good. So I am so happy the show was uncanceled. Cannot wait until summer. If y'all could speed that up, that would be great for it to come back. Dan? Yeah, no, this category confused me as well. So I'm just going to say Arrow just because I really loved that season finale. I thought it was the perfect culmination and had so many references to previous seasons and like character interactions that we've been waiting for and stuff like that. The return of Slade Wilson, the return of Captain Boomerang. Uh, Sadly, the end of Malcolm Merlin. Um, But we really got a lot out of it. And I... I didn't know who was going to survive and who wasn't. I was surprised how surprised I was. Um, So for the show to do that for me, I was like, I can't pick anything else. Okay. Mo, I have a tie in this category and I interpreted this category as best series finale in which I have two. First is of course, orphan black. I think they went out on a high. The show just for me, it I I felt like they were a family, as Mel had alluded to, the Sestras and their relationship and how they that relationship grew and developed over the course of the five seasons. I really will miss Orphan Black. It was something that I watched as soon as I could when it was um when it aired on a Saturday night. My other my my other show goes to uh, the Vampire Diaries. I thought that those last few episodes went back were, were classic Vampire Diaries. I thought that the show ended the only way it really could, in my opinion, with Stefan dying. And I'm going to leave it at that. I have two picks on this as well. Um, both of them have been mentioned. The Vampire Diaries for their series finale was perfect. Everything about that thing just fell into place. Bonnie, Bonnie's scene with all of the Bennett women was amazing. Stefan dying. I have never felt so much joy over a character dying. Okay. There might be a couple others, but he's right up there with me in terms of being ecstatic that he's dead. So for a series finale, definitely the vampire diaries season finale timeless there. Timeless is epic. It is literally going to be a timeless television show because it holds up. You go back and watch those episodes, even though there is a through line, an umbrella through line, the way it is structured is very episodic and it works really well. I cannot wait for season two to come back. Worst show of the season, Mel. Of course, what else is it going to be, y'all? It has to be Marvel's Inhumans. Dan, this is where I get you because you I'm made sorry. me sit through two hours of this nonsense. It was inhumane to watch that dog on the show. Dan? I also picked Marvel's Inhumans, and I can't stress enough how sorry I am that we watched it at all. I really feel like I was backed into a corner and then I backed Mel into a corner and then no one ended up winning. I'm so sorry. Mo? Marvel's Inhumans. And I watched all eight episodes. Oh, Mo. Oh, I took no, that bullet no, no. for G 
Yes. For Why? I took the bullet. Journalistic integrity. I took the bullet. Look at that. Look at that. Listen, like the team. as as someone who hosts this podcast, you never have to take a bullet like that ever again. Uh, <laughs> mine is also Marvels and Humans, a truly trash, trashy, terrible show. Best show of 2017, Mel. Uh, we've talked about it a lot already, but for me, it was Game of Thrones. Um, it's only like 10 or so episodes in the season, and it kept me involved on the edge of my seat the whole season from the dragons finally making their appearance from the fight against the white walkers the little touches of comedy here or there i think they have a really stellar cast as massive as it is um i am so angry it is not coming back until 2019 that's that's some straight garbage and the thing is we don't know whether that's going to be like early winter january Mm -hmm. 2019 summer 2019 Mm -hmm. or december 2019 so i am completely unamused by that but for me it had to be game of thrones dan i'm gonna go slightly different on this i'm gonna go with dc's legends of tomorrow it was a super fun year for DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and it, there were a lot of twists and turns and emotions and characters coming back, but then doppelgangers, and sometimes they're evil, and then there's different things in history, and we got a lot of good stuff. And I'm really, really going to miss, uh, you know, aspects of it that, you know, with Stein dying and Jack's not being on the ship anymore, but I'm excited to see what Constantine brings. So, yeah. Okay. Mo. I'm going to go with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That fourth series just was over across such a high bar. I mean, I had lost faith in this show. I just was just assumed it was just going to be garbage. And out the gate, they brought us Ghost Rider. And for a TV show with that kind of CGI budget, I thought they did a really, really good job. Then they, then they led us into the LMD story arc, which was very fun. It plays upon some old shield tropes from the comics. And then finally we got Hydra World, which I thought was a very good wrap-up to the season. I thought that all the characters grew, and we could see their progression. And where they left left us at the beginning of Season 5, which there have been a few episodes out, I think is a, a very interesting place. And for that, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is my best show. My best show of 2017 was also Game of Thrones. I mean, sorry, it was the best show of 2017. It still did not measure up for me as opposed to the previous season, which is my all-time favorite Game of Thrones season. But when it comes to geek, sci-fi, and fantasy, for me, there was no question Game of Thrones was the best show of 2017. Which brings us to our final category of this episode, not We've got more next week coming. Hopefully you'll enjoy that episode as well. The Forever Elicity Award, otherwise known as the best couple of 2017. Mel. Y'all know I ship it like FedEx. Barry Allen and Iris West, Nile Allen. Huh. Y'all, my baby finally got married. Granted, it was a lot of BS during that wedding, and I don't want to talk about it. But they're married, and I'm happy. <sighs> She's Iris West Allen, y'all. I don't know what to do with my life. Dan? Uh, I went a little unconventional with this one. I went with Jefferson Jackson and Dr. Martin Stein. It was it was a interesting year for Firestorm, and I was I was here for it. And then toward the end when, you know, Stein died, I was it was really tragic. And you know, gotta honor him with this one. So Mo? I'm going to go with David Haller and Sid from FX's Legion. David Haller is Professor X's son, and he was in this sort of star-crossed relationship with this woman named Sid. And through many trials and tribulations, will they, won't, will they or won't they get together? And even if they could get together, they had problems because Sid's powers made it so difficult that she couldn't touch people. And just when they got together... They were separated again, and I'm looking forward to the second season of Legion and to see where this relationship picks up. My pick is one that I did not see coming in terms of impact, but is from a show that also wrapped up this last year, which is Black Sails. 
Flint, Captain Flint, who is a pirate, has been battling other pirates for a, a treasure chest for pretty much two seasons. He's been battling the British Empire for all the entire time. And one of the great plot twists in an, a previous season was the fact that the person who we had believed was his love interest was a woman for like two seasons wasn't her love his love interest it was her husband thomas hamilton and that at that time was just this like giant what the hell just happened here revelation black sail series finale ended with captain flint ready to go to war once again and have the like to death and the only thing that stopped him from doing that against his his longtime friend, but also now rival uh, Silver, and then also trying to face off with the British, was that Silver told him that Thomas Hamilton hadn't actually been killed, but had been sent to a slavery plantation in the South where the Br British, um, the wealthy British families would send people who were screw-ups and where that they would be taken care of and but they were doing physical manual labor on the plantation in the south the show ended with flint giving up his freedom giving up the fight for gold giving up his war with britain and being taken to this plantation where Tam thomas hamilton was sacrificing everything for freedom to be reunited with the man he loved i was not expecting that in terms of a any type of couple or series finale on this show and when that happened i was like damn that is love we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. Melody is at Melody Akles. Dan is the real Dan Pierce or real Dan Pierce? Real Dan Pierce. And Mo is... Dr. Mo 77. You can also uh, like us on Facebook. We'd greatly appreciate that. If you ever want to see us showing out about podcasts before or after other things that are going on, like these people went and sort of took me to task for adding categories, which I technically didn't do. We would greatly encourage you to follow us on Twitter. We thank you for listening until next week when we get the rest of our categories. So long. Make the rules up and